You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never sleeps. And it is a great time to advertise NFL Game Pass because the season is here. All of you guys enjoyed watching the game last night. Of course, I'm recording before the game on Thursday night, but I know that you all enjoyed having football back in your lives last night. Hopefully, hopefully the Chiefs were able to take care of business over the Titans division rival Houston Texans, but we need to take another season preview approach to today's show. I want to give you guys my predictions for who will win some Titans team awards. Team MVP, Offensive Defensive Player, Offensive Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, even the Special Teams Player of the Year. So excited to dive into all of those predictions. And then, why stop there? We will predict some statistics for the Titans on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So give you some of my statistical projections for the Titans this year. And we will round out the week and today's show by diving into some of my national NFL predictions, playoff teams, Super Bowl champion, MVP, all of those awards discussed on today's Locked on Titans podcast. Podcast. Let's get it. to accomplish their goals in the 2020 season of winning the AFC South, hosting a home playoff game, and then ultimately winning a Super Bowl. They will need a few key players to step up in key situations to be able to accomplish those. And these are the players that I think need to be the most impactful for the Titans to be able to win a Super Bowl in 2020. The overall team MVP, I do believe, will go to quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, of course, had a historic run with the Titans at the end of the regular season in 2019. I believe he keeps that momentum going and is the team's MVP in the upcoming season. I do believe, though, that his running mate, A.J. Brown, at wide receiver in his second season, will be the Titans' offensive player of the year. Of course, running back Derrick Henry will have a very important role, but with the addition of rookie running back Darrington Evans and the health of wide receiver Adam Humphreys, I think the Titans will look to lighten the workload of Derrick Henry, leading to A.J. Brown being the offensive player of the year for the Titans offense. I do believe that the offensive breakout star for the Tennessee Titans in 2020 will be tight end Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith has never had a healthy offseason so far in the first three offseasons of his NFL career. This year in his fourth season, he finally had an entirely healthy offseason. He also worked directly with Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill in South Florida during the countrywide shutdowns earlier in the year. I think that gives him a leg ahead of some of the competitors that he would have for this award on the Titans. 
Titans offense. So combine a healthy offseason with extra work with the Titans starting quarterback. I do believe Jonu Smith has a breakout offensive season for the Titans. On the other end of the spectrum, who will be the most disappointing player for the Tennessee Titans on the offensive side of the ball? I do believe that that will be wide receiver Corey Davis. And the only reason I see Corey Davis as the lead candidate to be a disappointment for the Titans offense is because of the expectations hoisted upon him by the fan base. Some still do believe that Corey Davis needs to live up to the fifth overall pick expectations that he was given early on. I think that is out of the window now and that time has passed. I do not expect Corey Davis to be a part of this team going forward after the season and I think because of that the Titans offense will do more to scheme the ball into the hands of other options like Jonu Smith, A.J. Brown, Darrington Evans, and Derrick Henry. On the defensive side of the ball I do think that the Titans defensive player of the year will be Rashawn Evans and you could also consider him in the breakout candidate of the year but I think Evans will go past that and Evans will become one of the most dominant inside linebackers in the NFL. We saw flashes of that from Evans last season. I think if he takes his game to the next level, he'll be looking at not only a ton of national recognition, but a sizable contract extension next offseason. The breakout defensive player of the year is one of the least surprising award winners on this list of Titans, and that is defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons coming into to his second season. He is no longer wearing a knee brace. He is fully recovered from a 2019 ACL tear. Simmons will take over the NFL throughout the season being incredibly dominant and disruptive force up front. As for the defensive rookie of the year, I see that going to cornerback Christian Fulton. Fulton will be asked to be a starter in the Titans nickel defense early on. He will man the slot corner position and he will have a large amount of responsibility on his play early on for a rookie not only manning the slot and pass coverage but there is a lot of responsibility in the run game as well for the Titans as the slot cornerback. The biggest disappointment on the Titans defense I do believe will be Vic Beasley. His commitment to football has been questioned throughout the offseason. The lack of practice time that he has had with his teammates seems to be a possible setback as well. I don't see Vic Beasley living up to his $9 million contract. Obviously Brett Kern the weapon at punter will be the special team player of the year and in my opinion the comeback player of the year will be cornerback Malcolm Butler who suffered a broken arm in the middle of last season but was having a fantastic first half of the season he will come back play the full year and make a major impact on the Titans defense Speaking of a comeback, it would be very nice of you all if you would come back to the Locked On Titans podcast for Monday's Denver Broncos game preview. And to do that, all I ask is that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or whatever platform that you do stream. I will be posting Monday through Friday podcasts throughout the entire season, giving you additional content on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, including my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns where we will go over all of the X's and O's surrounding the Tennessee Titans throughout the NFL season and speaking of the NFL season if you want to make sure that you can dive as deep as possible into the NFL season then you have to get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays. You can see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks 
and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And the NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes, go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques, learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never sleeps. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. First, the CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for your muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. Plus, the CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support that you need where it matters most. And to make things easier, To try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. I just gave you guys my predictions for who will win some Titans-specific team awards. As a recap, I have Ryan Tannehill as the Titans' MVP of the season, A.J. Brown as the Offensive Player of the Year, Jonu Smith as the Offensive Breakout Star of the Year, Corey Davis as the Offensive Disappointment of the Year, and then Darrington Evans as the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I have Rashawn Evans as the Titans' Defensive Player of the Year, Jeffrey Simmons as the team's Breakout Defensive Star of the Year, Vic Beasley as the Titans' Defensive Disappointment, and then Christian Fulton as the Titans' Defensive Rookie of the Year, Brett Kern as the Special Teams Player of the Year, and then Malcolm Butler as the Comeback Player of the Year for the Titans with Adam Humphreys as a close as a close second. Let's dive into my statistical predictions for the Titans, my projections here of what the stats will look like, and we will start on offense with Ryan Tannehill, and of course Tannehill was right around 2,200 yards last year, 22 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. This year, I think all of that increases. I think he throws for 3,400 yards, 31 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions on the season. And I know what you're thinking is if he threw 22 and 10, he's got to throw more than 31 in 16 games. And I 
Completely understand that, but I think the Titans' explosive offense will have a little bit of a regression in terms of how efficient the offense is. So Tannehill will not have as many big plays, but he will still be incredibly productive. So that's how I see things working out. And one of the big ways that he's going to be able to put up those numbers is if the Titans are able to rely on Derrick Henry in the run game and get things going off of play action. Again, with Derrick Henry, I don't see him putting up the stats that he put up last year. One, the Titans' offense is going to have to be more balanced throughout the season, so that'll include more passing. And then also, rookie running back Darrington Evans will be involved in the offense, and I think it's a good thing that Derrick Henry will have less on his plate this season. I still have him having an incredibly productive season, being one of the best running backs in the league, and most likely will be a pro bowler and possible all pro. I have him at 1,225 yards, 12 touchdowns on the year, and 21 catches for Derrick Henry, which would be his career high. I think they're going to get him more involved in the passing game so that NFL teams, NFL defenses don't know what the Titans are going to do on offense based on which running back is out there. And speaking of the other running back, Darrington Evans, I have him coming up with 425 rushing yards on the season, two touchdowns, 32 catches, 325 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. I think Evans can have a major impact out of the backfield as a receiver, so I have him coming in at around 750 total yards on the year and five touchdowns. I think that'd be an incredibly productive year for the rookie. At wide receiver, I have A.J. Brown going up about 20 catches, going up about 200 yards, and going up by one touchdown. So that's 71 catches, 1,250 yards, nine touchdowns. Similar to Tannehill, I think that the explosive plays for A.J. Brown regress. He's not going to have all those big 20-plus yard touchdown plays and 20-plus yard catches, but... He'll still have his fair share of explosive plays. He'll just be more productive, less efficient, but more productive. He'll get more targets this year, which will lead to more catches and lead to more yards and lead to more touchdowns. He just won't be as efficient as we saw him in his rookie year, which is perfectly fine. It was pretty crazy to see the efficiency level of the Titans offense last year. Corey Davis, who I have as the disappointment on the Titans offense, I don't have him having a terrible year. The label disappointment just comes from some of the expectations that I'm seeing around Corey Davis and how he will finally bounce back and become the number five overall pick. We all expected. That's what I don't see happening. What I do see happening, however, is 42 catches, 601 yards, and three touchdowns for Corey Davis. I think he's just a solid um, low-end second wide receiver, high-end third wide receiver, and I really do think that a change of scenery will be best for Corey Davis after the season. Adam Humphreys, who I have as a potential comeback player of the year, although his yardage is less than Corey Davis here, I think that he can have a bigger impact in his role as that slot receiver, that chain mover. 48 catches, 530 yards, two touchdowns. I don't think Adam Humphreys is going to go out there and put a bunch of big numbers up, be a thousand-yard receiver, but I think that he'll be healthy and he'll give the Titans much more than he gave them last year in situations when it means the most. And then finally, the last offensive player I will talk about is Jonu Smith, who I have as a breakout star. I have him going up by about 300 receiving yards, going up by about 20 catches as well. I have Jonu at 52 catches, seven. 
725 yards and five touchdowns on the season. I think that would make him one of the better tight ends in the NFL. I don't expect Jonu Smith to all of a sudden be in the category of a Kelsey, a Kittle, uh, an Ertz, an Andrews. I don't expect him to go up quite that far, but I do expect him to take a leap into one of one of the better second-tier tight ends in the NFL. But that'll do it for the offensive side of the ball. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to start with some of the Titans' pass rushers here, and I think that Harold Landry is able to increase his statistical output in 2020 now that he will have someone like a Jadavian Clowney, someone like a Vic Beasley on the other side of him that will take some of the attention off of him. I have Harold Landry at 11 and a half sacks, and I know that's only two and a half more than he had last year, but I think there will be much more, uh, there will be many more sacks to go around, but more players to divide them up. So I think that Harold Landry will have a better season than last year and be more of a consistent threat, although he's only going up by two and a half sacks. But let's be real here. Two and a half sacks is a lot of sacks to add to last year's total. It's a, it's a pretty good jump for Harold Landry getting over that double-digit mark. And here's what I have that'll probably blow some people's socks off. I know he'll get a lot of the attention, but like I said, because of all the talent around him, I think Clowney has his best year to date. 13 sacks for Jadavian Clowney, which would be three and a half more than his previous career highs. So I think Clowney has his best year to date in the prime of his career as a 27-year-old back in Mike Vrabel's defense with a solid Titans defense around him and a good offense to protect the defense as well. So getting into my disappointment, I do think that Vic Beasley ends up with four and a half sacks, but in my opinion, for $9 million, up to $12 million in incentives, that won't be enough to satisfy me. Now, the Titans are kind of cutting off his ability to, to get that type of production because they brought in Clowney. But I don't really care. I don't think Vic Beasley was going to put up much more production without Clowney being there anyway. So I have Beasley at four and a half. I have Jeffrey Simmons at six and a half sacks. I think having people on the edge pushing the quarterback up in the pocket will result in Jeffrey Simmons cleaning up a lot of opportunities. And likewise, I think Jeffrey Simmons' interior penetration will help out the edge rushers as well as the quarterback tries to flee with pressure in his face. I think Jeffrey Simmons ends up with six and a half sacks. In the defensive backfield, Kevin Byard, I have have him coming down with four interceptions on the season. Seems like you can just pencil him in for about three or four picks every single year. Adoree Jackson will bring in two interceptions this season. Malcolm Butler ends up with three interceptions. That's why I said I have Malcolm Butler as my comeback player of the year for the entire team. I think Butler, with the help that he will have now in the slot with Christian Fulton, who's a better cover man than Logan Ryan was, Adoree Jackson's growth as a player will have teams throwing away from him. He'll have the safeties over top who are obviously an issue. I think some people will try to target Malcolm Butler because of his lack of speed and lack of quickness, but I think Malcolm Butler's intelligence as a player and his physicality will end up with some great interception opportunities, and he'll come back with three interceptions after the end of the year. And then Christian Fulton with one, Kenny Vaccaro with two, Amani Hooker with one. I also think Jayon Brown gets himself an interception or two. In my mind, these are just uh, results of great defense where I think Bayard, Adori, and Malcolm can make great individual plays on the ball. I think Fulton, Vaccaro, and Hooker could be the recipient of some tip passes, uh, the recipient of just some terrible decisions to make because no one's open. So I think because they're in the middle of the field more that they're going to have an opportunity to get you know some interceptions off tips and things like that. So that's how I see things shaking out in the secondary. For the two starting linebackers, 
as I said, I have Rashawn Evans as the Titans' defensive player of the year this year. I think he vaults himself into the conversation, one of the better inside linebackers in the NFL. I have Evans with 128 tackles, which would be about a little bit more, or a little bit like 20 more than he had last year. And then Jayon Brown I have at 112 tackles. He's going to be out in space a little bit more. He's going to get rotated out in certain situations, heavy run situations as well. We could see David Long or Will Compton get some snaps in certain situations. So I think that Jayon Brown will end up with 112 tackles and two interceptions on the season. But that is going to do it for my statistical predictions for the offense and the defense. I don't intend to predict uh, Brett Kern's punt yards or touchbacks or how Goskowski will do on his field goals, but that is my predictions for the offense and the defensive statistics for the Tennessee Titans key players. We will go to my general NFL league-wide predictions to round out today's show. Let's cap off the final week of the year without Tennessee Titans football by going over my national, my league-wide NFL predictions for some of the top awards, and then also look at my playoff teams and then my Super Bowl prediction. So I can tell you that my Super Bowl prediction is maybe a little biased. But if I'm going to go out on the limb and make some predictions and I believe in the Tennessee Titans as heavily as I do, well then, why not? But we will get to that in just a moment. Let me go through my general NFL awards for you. And I don't have any Tennessee Titans on this list. As I mentioned earlier in the week, I think the Titans go 11-5. and And I think the Titans have a really well-rounded team. And part of that is that, or part of the reason that I think that the Titans aren't going to have any major award winners is because they're so balanced as a team. Derrick Henry had a really good chance to win Offensive Player of the Year last year, but with the cut in his workload that I see coming, I don't see that happening. The Titans have an incredible rotation in the defensive line and like to have a rotation in their pass rush, so I think that'll limit the snaps of some of the pass rushers for maybe Defensive Player of the Year. The Titans don't really have any rookies, I think, would have a chance at you know rookie of the year awards just because of what they're being asked to do in their role so a lot of my I guess pessimism about the Titans winning major awards comes from the depth of the roster and the fact that these guys are in certain roles that won't allow them to win those awards so I don't have any Titans in these major awards but again I've given you my statistical predictions my Titans team specific award winners and given you my playoff prediction for their record so I clearly think the Titans are going to have a fantastic year and again We'll get to that in just a moment, but let me get into these awards. First, the NFL MVP Award. I think this goes back to someone who's won it before, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes would have won MVP possibly last year, would have been a battle with Lamar Jackson if he didn't injure his knee in the middle of the season. I think a healthy Mahomes this year off his brand new contract wanting to prove that it was worth it. Uh, everybody feels really good in Kansas City. They have an excellent team. I think Pat Mahomes gets his second MVP award and ask yourselves honestly do you think that Patrick Mahomes is never going to win MVP again in my personal opinion the guy's going to go home with about four or five of them by the end of his career this will be one of those MVP seasons for Pat Mahomes I think the Chiefs are going to roll anybody that stands in their way this year until 
later in the playoffs, but we'll get to that in a second. My Offensive Player of the Year, I have Julio Jones. So I know that Julio Jones is maybe on the back end of his career, but this year, more than ever, we have talked about continuity matters. I think the AFC or the NFC South is going to be a shootout every single game. The offenses down there are going to be crazy outside of Carolina. So I think that especially... One other thing, Cody talked about this yesterday on our Crossover Thursday podcast, but I think tackling is going to be really, really bad for a lot of teams because of the lack of contact in the offseason. And I think Julio Jones and Matt Ryan's continuity combined with the uh, difficulties that defenses are going to face, I think a guy like Julio Jones will take advantage of that tenfold. So I see the GOAT of current NFL wide receivers, in my opinion, one of the best wide receivers, probably the third best wide receiver that I've seen in their prime in my lifetime outside of Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. I would say I did see Jerry Rice play a little bit um, when he was with San Francisco at the end of his tenure there, so I, I guess you could put Jerry Rice in there. But outside of those three wide receivers, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens, I have never seen a better wide receiver in my life than Julio Jones. So uh, I think he's going to have a huge comeback season here. Maybe not a comeback. He was still incredibly productive last year, but I guess some people are maybe downplaying Julio Jones, and I'm just very high on his contributions this year. Defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with TJ Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So in the two previous years, TJ had 13 sacks, then 14 sacks. The Steelers weren't a, a great offense last year, which put some extra pressure on the defense. I think with a decent offense in Pittsburgh this year, TJ Watt is going to go up to about 18 to 19 sacks and ultimately win the defensive player of the ward, uh, defensive player of the year award in the NFL at the offensive rookie of the year award and the defensive rookie of the year award I went chalk here guys I didn't try to overthink it I'm high on Joe Burrow I think the Bengals have a lot of good weapons while their defense is is terrible I think that offense will be explosive I think Burrow will impress as a rookie I think he may throw uh, a good amount of interceptions but he will throw 30 touchdowns and he'll be the first rookie in NFL history to throw for 30 touchdowns. So that is my prediction for Joe Burrow. He'll win Offensive Rookie of the Year despite the Bengals not being a playoff team. And then the Defensive Rookie of the Year, I know that this guy was the highest pick defensive player. It seems easy, but I just think he's a stud. And I think the team that he plays for is terrible. They're going to be down a lot. It's going to give him a lot of opportunities to play and, and, and get a lot of production. And I think that's going to be Chase Young, the edge rusher from Ohio State, went to the Washington football team. Um, Chase Young's an animal. Uh, I got to watch him up close and personal here for the Buckeyes. And I, I got to tell you, I think the talent is real. I think he's instantly going to come in and be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And I think Chase Young will ultimately be the defensive rookie of the year. So those are my NFL awards comeback player of the year. If you wanted one for that, I'll give you Cam Newton. I think Newton is going to be a good player. He's going to have the opportunity to lead the Patriots to the playoffs when a lot of people are crowning the Buffalo Bills or even some people are high on the Miami Dolphins. A lot of people are uh, you know, throwing dirt on the Patriots' grave here. A lot of people threw dirt on Cam Newton's grave. Uh, I got to be somebody who admits 
not very high on Cam Newton as a player the last few years, but I think in the Patriot system, if he's as healthy as he says he is and as motivated as it appears that he is, Cam Newton will have an excellent season and be the NFL's comeback player of the year. That leads me into my playoff predictions. I will give you my seven playoff teams from the NFC and then the AFC and then my Super Bowl matchup with who I think wins. I think in the NFC, we see the Seahawks return to the top of the division. I think that the Rams are don't have a good enough roster to compete for the division title at this time. I think that the 49ers will have a Super Bowl hangover as the losing team in the Super Bowl seems to have every year. I also think that the Cardinals will be improved, but they're not quite ready to make that leap into the playoffs. I think they'll be close, though. I do like the Cardinals as a as a, a, a mid-playoff contender here this year, although I don't think they ultimately make it. The Vikings, I think, win in the NFC North. I know that the Packers went 13-3 and last year, but I'm counting on some regression. Quite frankly, I don't believe in Matt LaFleur, and I don't like their draft, so I am going against the Packers here winning that division. I got the Vikings. The Bears, I think, will be around 6-10, and 7-9, 5-11, and 11, somewhere in there. You have two quarterbacks. You have no quarterbacks. I don't think Foles or Trubisky um, is good enough to take the Bears to the playoffs. The Lions, I think, will be improved, but I just don't trust Matt Patricia as a coach, and also Matt Stafford is always dealing with injuries, and without him, the Lions just don't have a shot. So the Vikings there. I think the Saints ultimately win the NFC South. I have the Buccaneers pushing them and being one game behind. I think that the Falcons will have a, a bounce-back year early on. They took a lot of early tough losses, but I see them as 8-8, eight 7-9 and eight, seven and nine again. Um, then you look at somebody like the Panthers, they don't have the defense to compete for a playoff spot this year, although I like you know what they've started to build on offense. So Saints winning the NFC South, the Cowboys winning the NFC East. I think the coaching change will be good for them. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL, so just some competent coaching should get them into the playoffs. I think the Eagles will be a pretty good team too, but they're dealing with injuries already. Something about Doug Peterson's teams, just always dealing with injuries, so can't count on the Eagles to stay healthy enough to win that division, although I think they are a very good team. Uh, That makes my four division winners in the NFC, Seahawks, Vikings, Saints, Cowboys. I have my wildcard teams as the Rams, the Bucks, and the Eagles. So no Packers, no 49ers. That's a hot take there. They played in the NFC Championship game last year, but that's how I see things going. Moving to the AFC, like I said, the Chiefs, I think they're going to roll. I think Mahomes is going to be phenomenal again this year. The Baltimore Ravens, no surprise there. I have them winning their division. And the Patriots. I do think the Patriots find a way to win the division again. I think Cam Newton is very solid on the season. I don't think the Patriots are a Super Bowl contender, but I do think they make the playoffs at about 9-7, and 10-6. And, and then our Titans. I do have the Titans winning the AFC South, going 11-5, and five, tying with the Baltimore Ravens for the number two seed. I do have the Titans losing to the Ravens in the regular season, though, so I think ultimately they'll lose that tiebreaker and be the third seed, but I do have the Titans winning the AFC South at 11-5. and five. The playoff teams, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at 10-6, and 9-7, and seven, making the wild card. Houston, at 9-7 and seven or so, making a wild card. And then the Buffalo Bills at about 8-8. Eight and eight making the wild card. So those are my wild card teams for the AFC. Going to my Super Bowl matchup. Once again, don't want to you know be a homer here, but I think the Titans have a great chance to make it to the Super Bowl, and I think in a secondary run against the Chiefs, they could find a way to win that game with Jadavian Clowney now attacking Patrick Mahomes opposite of Harold Landry. I'm going to take the Titans to win the AFC 
to beat the Chiefs in Kansas City to get over that hump in the AFC Championship game, go to the Super Bowl and face the New Orleans Saints. The Saints have had a ton of just really despicable defeats in the playoffs the last few years, so I understand not having faith in them. But I think in Drew Brees, what should be Drew Brees' final season and the improvements the Saints have made, that they'll find a way to finally get to a Super Bowl in this window where they have Michael Thomas, Kamara, Drew Brees. I think they find a way to make it to a Super Bowl this year. But ultimately, the Tennessee Titans defeat the New Orleans Saints 27-23 to to win the Super Bowl. That's what I'm betting on. I'm putting my money down. Titans to the Super Bowl, winning it. And uh, it would be a glorious day for all of us on that next Monday podcast after the Super Bowl. But that's it, guys. That is my season preview. We have gone through a ton of information. My Titans team-specific awards, my statistical projections for the Titans, and then ultimately my NFL league-wide awards with my playoff teams in the NFC and the AFC, then my Super Bowl matchup, and the Tennessee Titans bringing home the Super Bowl championship. So that is going to do it for this week. When I come back to you guys, when you hear my voice next, we will be previewing a Monday night football matchup with the Denver Broncos. Could not be more excited to get back in the booth on Sunday night and get you guys ready for that game. Football is here, ladies and gentlemen. We have made it. We have survived. I will see you guys on Monday. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.